You're listening to Off Menu, the Canadian podcast about food and the people who make it. I'm your host, Phil Wilson. The Alberta food scene has grown by leaps and bounds in the last decade, with Calgary leading the way with an abundance of top quality independent restaurants. The last few years have seen some big strides taken here in Edmonton as well, with the promise of more great things to come. I figured it was time to sit down and chat about it with a couple of Alberta's most popular food writers. From Calgary, Dan Clapson, and from the city of Edmonton, Twyla Campbell. Listen in as we get some insights on food trends, hear some strong opinions on mason jars as serving vessels, and I throw the is a hot dog and sandwich head scratcher at them. Stick around, we're gonna have a little fun today, right here on Off Menu. Okay, so uh, just to start off with, uh, welcome to the show, Twyla and Dan. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thanks for making the time to chat about all the good stuff that's happening in Edmonton and Calgary. Mm-hmm. Can we maybe start off with a little bit of background on the both of you, uh, who you are, where you write for? Dan? Sure. sure. Uh, I'm based in Calgary. I'm a food writer for a lot of different publications, including Globe and Mail. I have my own Canadian culinary website called eatnorth.com, and I am an avid cook as well. And I am the food reviewer for, the restaurant reviewer for CBC Edmonton AM here. And I've been doing that for about five years. I freelance food and travel. I've written for Eat North for Dan. Uh, A few pieces in the Edmonton Journal, some magazines. Been doing that for about 10 years or so. Excellent. I think we're going to kind of switch it up a little bit here at the beginning. We'll start with a little word association game. I haven't done this before. I assume you guys probably haven't done this before, but we'll see how it goes. <laughs> right, we'll have a little bit of fun. Is this okay. to find out if you're insane or not? One of those? Uh, kind of, yeah. yeah. I wasn't going to tell you that we actually are going to send this to someone <laughs> I professional. I need and... a test yeah. for that one. You ready? Ready. Yes. You scared? Yes. yes. You probably should be. <laughs> Tofu. Vegan. Silky. Local. Farm to table. Um, oh, my God. There's so many words I could say for this. Um, <laughs> wow. Bandied. All right. Uh, lava cake. 1994. Ah, oh, totally 1990s with mine. <laughs> okay. Uh, kitchen tweezers. Fish. Over-processed. Bloggers. Wonderful. Misunderstood. Misunderstood. I like that one. <laughs> Not always, though. <laughs> yeah, sometimes they're understood perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> Organic. Overused. Organic. Overpriced. Mm-hmm. Hipsters. Everywhere. Um, good looking. Bone broth. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no comments. Um, yeah, that bullshit. Can I say that? Yes, absolutely. Bullshit is the right answer. <laughs> Edmonton. Trying so hard in some of the right places and a lot of wrong places. Oh, but one word? (laughs) How about about burgeoning? Burgeoning. Burgeoning. $10 word. All right. So on the same token, Calgary. Amazing. I'm joking. (laughs) No bias whatsoever. (laughs) The guy from Calgary says amazing for Calgary. I was totally joking. Um, I'd say intriguing. Critical mass. Critical mass for you. I'd say intriguing for me. All right. Interesting answers. We'll send those to a psychologist and we'll see what we get. 
Every new year brings more talk about the latest food trends, what the new trend is, what mm-hmm. trend is out, all that kind of stuff. Um, what do you guys see happening in your respective cities as far as trends right now? Or what do you see coming up in the future? Well, there's one trend that I'm noticing a lot more now that actually I didn't even... I love trend forecasting. I look out for things and I did not see this coming, but... Uh, places where you can play board games and eat or drink is extremely popular now. And it just in Calgary, it's really seemed to amp up only within the past month and a half, two months sort of thing. And, and you see them in Winnipeg, Ottawa, Toronto, Vancouver. It's everywhere now. Mm, the board game cafe. Yes. Mm, I actually never have visited one of those yet, which is weird because I love board games. And well, I love drinking and eating. It's fun. I think lots, lots of the times with board games, you can play them at home. But, you know, if you're looking for something different to do with your friends, um, if you're kind of you're in a city that you are visiting, you know, and you're staying in an Airbnb in a hotel, you don't have all your board games, you can pop into, you know, Snakes and Lattes is one of the more famous ones in Toronto. And it's basically a gigantic cafe. That's awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can sit there and you, yeah, eat, drink, play board games. It's pretty fun. We I have, a, we have a few here in Edmonton, for sure. We do, yeah. Yeah, I can think of Iconoclast as one. And... Um, Oh, what is the... Uh... There's a new one on 124th Street, but I can't remember the name of it. And Cha Island is the one I'm Cha talking. Island, yeah. yeah. That one's got some weird games, though. It's not yeah. necessarily board games, right? Like, it's yeah. just cool little parlor tricks, almost. Yeah. That's a really weird and kind of funky place. I kind of like that one. Not yeah. too many people talk about that, and I nope. think it needs to be yapped about a bit more. Yeah, Cha I wrote about that one in a patio series I did mm-hmm. a couple summers ago, and it's kind of a... It's, it's, it's cool. definitely unique, <laughs> put it that way. Cool. Mm. Any trends that you see that have been happening and maybe fizzling out? Well, you know, cauliflower has pretty much been beaten to death with every sort of application possible. That being said, I think overused ingredients or dishes can still be delicious. But it, when you see it on every single menu, including large chain restaurants, that's mm-hmm. usually like the, the kiss of death to an to a ingredient yeah. trend anyway. Same mm-hmm. with kale. I think mm-hmm. kale is that way too. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing with kale is... It's kind of hard to to get right, really, because yeah. you can't if you have it raw and you have too much of the stock left, then it's chewy. And even if you cook it sometimes, and it's kind of cha- tough. And yeah, but it's hard, know, yeah, it's hard to get a kale. Oh, kale dish for sure. Bone broth, please. If I hear one more person say bone broth, <laughs> and that's just a new trend. And already, I, I want to hit you over the head with a bone if I hear you say it, because it's just brown stock. There's no so difference between deal? bone stock and a regular stock you buy at a yeah. grocery store, essentially, right? So it just means you can charge more for it. Yeah. Yes. and yep. feel feel important. Exactly. I think that grass-fed is coming into play more. I actually bought grass-fed butter made from grass-fed milk. Mm-hmm. Outrageously expensive. Bright yellow. Yeah. And it def- definitely has a pronounced uh, flavor to it. And, um, Interesting. And grass-fed milk in a two-liter jug is also available. Grass-fed meat, you're seeing more and more and more of that. Mm-hmm. But with that, you also get the people that try and sell it as grass-fed and, and you know... When it's not entirely when true. It's not, yeah. yeah. But there's a lot. There's That's a whole different topic yeah. of... Um, yeah. So is it, is it one of those things like organic where there isn't really a set definition exactly how that... It has to be finished on grass. <clears throat> so it could, it could live its whole life eating grains, right? And then finish on grass? Pasture-raised, eating <clears throat> grass, yeah. finished on grass. Grass-fed, yeah. grass-finished. And that, that's, that's hard because yeah. it takes a long time to bring them to market, you know. Whereas if you finish them on green, then you can they fatten them up, up yeah. quicker and then get your get them to market, get your money quicker. What do you like about the grass-fed better? Uh, it's pronounced flavor. It actually has flavor. It has nuances of, you know, of what they've been eating. and uh, It's almost yeah. more gamey. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, uh, it's richer. It's, oh, yeah. Gamey is a, I don't like that Tough word. Tough word, but. people think that, you know, well. It tastes yeah. more exotic. Yeah. yeah. Gamey gives you that impression that it's. Bad. Funky. Yeah. 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 It's a fuller flavor. 
Yeah. Oh, one uh, one trend I want to see go away is eating out of mason jars. Drives yes, me, drives I agree me nuts. With that. Drives me nuts. Yes. And especially if you have you're trying to spoon that last bit out and it's getting caught on the corners and I, I want to see yeah. that go away. Yeah, I and it just actually reminds me a few weeks ago we were in Jasper and and Dan was at a restaurant next to us and eating, oh yes eating one of those yogurt and fruit parfaits and it was filled right to the top and of course the the top is narrow yeah, yeah. thinking how you if you put that spoon in there it's just it's gonna gone. explode all over the place it's gonna what a it was difficult to eat until you got to like a third of the way down then it was fine yeah you but need two or three big yes. spoonfuls out of it first and then exactly. you can deal with it but yeah you know what i mean I, I get the appeal of it though because those are way stronger than regular glasses totally. right they're cheap yeah they'll break as easy you're right yeah, yeah. but yeah. They, they they're a bit kitschy because they remind me of trying to be too farmy mm-hmm. yes you know look I'm so i think farmy. there's places yeah. that it works you know if i'm just thinking like sometimes i've eaten meals on patios in in Austin or somewhere, and it's the the theme mm-hmm. fits the mason jar. Sure. I feel like Range Road would fit but a mason mason jar dish. Come on, you guys! Now you can convince everybody to keep their mason. Okay, jars. don't keep the mason jars. Keep the mason jars. <laughs> Actually, I don't even care about. That's not what I care about. <laughs> <laughs> I should just get you guys rile up about it, though. You can't eat it. <laughs> I, can, I can get pretty mad pretty easily. So. <laughs> oh, that's good to know. What what's going on in the Edmonton and Calgary food scenes that you guys are most excited about right now? I like the fact that um, you're seeing a lot more sausage being made and more use of the off-cuts, the less uh, popular cuts. Um, chefs are attempting to use a whole animal, which makes sense. Um, I like the whole sustainability factor. I think they're brave for trying that, and I think they have to just stick at it and keep doing it more. Uh, I like that um, chefs like to pickle things. I think that's cool, but sometimes it's an utter fail. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you need to just buy things already mm-hmm. made. Well, it's, it's one thing to say everything's house made, but mm-hmm. it's another thing to say it's house made and it's good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you can't do it very well, yeah. then well, yeah. Yeah. just because you did it doesn't make it good. Yeah. What about Calgary? Uh, well, you know, our current economic climate in my city is not fantastic. So uh, the past few years, we have had a lot of restaurants open, a lot of pubs, a lot of cafes, and maybe sometimes things that weren't that well thought out before they opened. So now we're kind of seeing a scene that maybe has too many things going on, losing some of those things and kind of trimming the fat and the cream is rising to the top. So if anything, we're not going to have very many places open this year. So there's not really a lot happening in terms of the food scene, but it's almost a nice thing because it's getting us kind of back to basics and getting like, you know, the, Mm -hmm. the strong survive kind of thing. I think we'll be all the better for it at the end of the year. You have to put so much thought yeah. into opening a restaurant, and I think that's uh, something that doesn't happen a lot. And you know, when people rush to open too quickly and and uh, don't have all their ducks in a row, that's yeah. obviously a killer. And when times when times are good, that doesn't really matter so much. But when mm-hmm. times are not as good, it definitely matters. Well, tough times economically tend to trim out the the kind of the oh, pretenders, sure. right? Yeah, the people who aren't doing it really well mm-hmm. but are getting by because yeah. everyone's got lots of money to spend. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Definitely, when you don't have as much money to spend, you're going to be a little more careful where you mm-hmm. where you drop those dollars. How would you sum up the food scene in each city? Like, if you had to, you know, a couple sentences to say, here's the gist of what's going on. I thought that for a while there, it was really obvious that the people working in the industry were coming together. You were seeing a lot of collaborations, a lot of pop-ups. And, and uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much the way it is. There's so many pop-ups and chefs are coming together and that's wonderful. Um, great change because years ago it was like everybody was guarding their secrets. You know, mm-hmm. this is what's happening in my restaurant, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to talk about it because someone's going to steal that. So they got over that. That was great. 
No, I know what you're saying. Totally lost I think, it. I think in cities, cities like Edmonton or Calgary or even cities like Saskatoon and, and Halifax really are, seem to be fighting more these days for to get more national attention because, you know, I think it's people in Toronto only really know that much about Toronto, Montreal, and people in Vancouver kind of stick to that and the Okanagan. And I think that this what's similar about Calgary and Edmonton is that they are kind of trying to put out things that are interesting and different, whether that is a cool restaurant concept, mm-hmm. you know, like Range Road or Corsa 32, or if, or if it is an interesting collaboration, even between the two cities, like uh, the Chef of Anjou, it's a contemporary Korean restaurant in Calgary, it was just up here at North 53 doing a collaborative dinner last week. So I think they're just doing things that are creating buzz that other people are now mm-hmm. starting to pay attention to nationally, which is really nice. Yeah. Um, relationships with farmers. I'm mm-hmm. seeing that happening in Edmonton restaurants. Um, Dan, you can talk about what's happening in Calgary, but um, I'm really happy to learn that some chefs are are working directly with the farmer. And these are, I'm talking about good farmers that really treat their animals, raise their animals humanely, um, sustainable, you know, all that kind of thing. So it's, I got into conversation with um some people in the industry, and they were saying, what? Yeah, it's crazy, man. We deal with the farmers all the time. We go right to the farm and get it, and I think that's a huge, huge bonus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's been an interesting change, I think, in yeah. Edmonton, because that's very typically, I think you could always get away with just doing the bare minimum in a restaurant, yeah. and you'd probably still be successful. But now, you know, it's like anything, right? As soon as one person raises their game a bit, yeah. or two or three, and now people start taking notice, they go, oh, crap. I got to I gotta pick it up, too. Yeah, yeah they, they have to get there more. I mean, it's starting to happen with some of them. I'd love to see it happen more, but it, it's a start, and that's good. Yeah, got to start somewhere. Yeah. Do you think either city has a food identity? I think it gets more and harder, harder and harder to express these days, but I think that lots of, lots of regions of Canada are definitely getting more into celebrating their region. So I feel like... Alberta is trying to finally define like what is Alberta cuisine because in terms of like access in terms of accessibility doing different ingredients and like growing seasons Alberta in Alberta Calgary and Edmonton are essentially the same so mm-hmm. you know your city might be slightly smaller than ours so in terms of like restaurant density we probably have a few more but like in terms of their approach and how they want to be defined I think it's I think it's incredibly similar actually. Yeah, I'd have to say, too. Yeah. yeah. Is there really one thing that defines us? I don't know. I like that whole prairie aspect. I yeah. like, you know, connecting to our, our um, the immigrants, or, you know, yeah. their, our ancestors and, and keeping that as the focus. I think that's important. Yeah, I think that's almost what it should be, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like if, if we could assign an identity to the region. Yeah, yeah. well, because that's know. authentic. That's honest. Yeah. Yeah. We're not trying to do anything that yeah. we're not capable of. We're pulling from that education. Yeah, and it's, you're always going to see beef on Alberta menus. You know, you're always going to see bison. But you have to remember, like, when you're, if you go to Tofino on, like, the far coast of Vancouver Island, mm-hmm. like, they basically can't grow vegetables there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, right? And they have, like, no cattle. So it's like, we can't. So there you're going to see a lot of seafood, but they're right beside the ocean. Right. So uh, it's just interesting to think that, like, it's not a bad thing that we serve those ingredients that they grow around us. It's, it's what we do. Absolutely. Yeah. So I asked you guys to bring in a couple of comments, yes. dig through the archives. Because yes. you're both food writers. You're both, you know, very heavily published. You're then, of course, going to be subjected to some online comments. Yes. <laughs> which everybody loves. Um, so what I asked you to do was bring at least one example of a really like an insane or a very funny comment to something you wrote. Oh, just one. I have so nasty many. Nasty or funny or whatever, right? And and uh, I would like you to do a dramatic reading of it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Most of mine came from, from one review, actually. Um, <laughs> that was a hot one. Okay, so here we go. 
I, I had to laugh at this one. This person says, if the CBC is going to continue to report on restaurants, maybe check the reviewer's credentials. Can <laughs> oh she, my God. Can she cook? Does she cook? How much travel has she enjoyed? Does she even know the difference between a strudel and a noodle? <laughs> Actually, I, I remember reading that one online, too, and I remember thinking, oh, my God, are you kidding? This person clearly does not know anything about you. It was funny because um, I reviewed that restaurant just after I had completed 80,000 kilometers in six weeks of travel. Yeah. So, yeah, you know. That's why I was laughing so yeah. hard when I read it. I'm, oh, my God. How much travel has she enjoyed? Well, a, a little bit. Yeah, just a bit. <laughs> that was a good one. Okay, Dan, you ready? Well, mine's what, not, Sorry, what restaurant was that you were reviewing? That was Refinery Grill on the West End. Okay. Yeah. Well, mine's not quite as dramatic as that. But, um, you know, I do, I do mostly get poked at via social media. That's the most common spot for me to get yeah, sorry about you know, that. attacked yeah. or, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it happens. And last year, or just over a year ago, I was in Kelowna, and I posted a picture of a small scallop with a couple sauces and a balsamic drizzle. It was not the nicest looking dish, as you can see. Oh, yeah. No. That's struggling. Oh, yeah, yeah, real nice. And it was sold as $8 a scallop, which I thought was a little bit too expensive for the subpar quality that it was. Then a chef from Calgary proceeded to give me a full rundown on how I don't understand how a restaurant runs and what food costing is, although I did manage a cafe wine bar for four years prior to food writing. And... And called me out on, on complaining about the price and quality of the scallop. And I essentially could never appreciate how a restaurant operates because of my one sentence on a scallop. <laughs> that was, for the record, really shady. <laughs> so, sorry, JP. <laughs> I think that's actually quite a common response when, when you get a response from a chef. That's always seems to be like the first thing they go to, right? It's, yeah. yeah. You don't know what the hell you're talking yeah. about. You don't know anything about this business. Yeah. But, you know, I think sometimes what I always think is, well, uh, you also have to consider that this is coming from the viewpoint of a diner, someone who's coming in to spend money there. That's actually the viewpoint that matters. Yes. You can have 100 chefs agree with what you're saying and mm -hmm. what you're trying to do here. But if the people who are coming in to pay money for it Especially, don't want to pay money for it or don't find the value. Yeah. Yeah. You've got a problem. Yeah. If you can't offer a good perceived value, especially that's a great example of that because I do understand scallops are not cheap. But, you know, if, if you serve me a scallop that looks less than appealing, then obviously I'm going to think I'm getting ripped off for the $8, right? Yeah. 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 No, I think that's fair. Yeah. I think chefs have a point a lot of times that when they do rant about people not knowing what they're talking about, but it just, I, I don't love when it's like their fallback argument. Yes. Everybody knows nothing. Does quite often seem yeah. to be their <clears throat> fallback argument for, for certain people in particular, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely seen sometimes when they've said that and I look at what they're talking about. Yeah. Oh yeah. Totally agree. That person has no clue what they're talking about right yes. now. <laughs> I find a lot um, of people, the com the comments they leave on uh, my reviews are, oh, she's just trying to get another free meal out of this, you know, mm -hmm. or, you know. So we don't really get that much stuff for free. People, I don't a, get anything That's a huge misunderstanding, I think, when people... Oh, like, well, people, this, this yeah. might come up here right away. Okay. So. okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll say it. Okay. Uh, so I always like to kind of end this beginning round with, uh, I'll get a couple of recommendations on you, some of your favorite places. So I okay. thought we might switch it up a little. And I'll get Twyla's recommendations for her favorite places in Calgary. Okay. And Dan's for favorite places in Edmonton. Oh, okay. boy, oh, boy. I haven't been to Calgary for a little while. Um, I had an amazing experience at Anju. Mm -hmm. I was really happy with that. Um, and the little cocktail place 
Tiger. Tiger. Oh, Milk Tiger. Milk Tiger. That was fantastic. I'd have to think. Avec was good when I went, but that's a while ago Mm -hmm. now. Um, Model Milk was great. Now, that restaurant's getting to be a little old, but still, that was a fantastic experience. Uh, We're... We're trying to plan a trip down to Calgary to go to some new restaurants. But, so, you should ask me this in a couple of months. I might. Yeah. Actually, I'm in the same boat as you. I haven't been there for probably about a year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, when people ask me, what's the best place in Calgary? I go, I don't know. Like, when I, this is the places I go. And I've seen. But I haven't been in a year, so. There's there's been been some good ones open up. Yeah, last year we had a great year. Pigeonhole obviously was voted number one in on route's uh, Canada's best new restaurant list this year. So that's kind of that's next door to Model Milk. It's a sister restaurant, mm-hmm. uh, quite popular. Also, Proof, which is a new hipster chic cocktail bar, same owners as Milk Tiger, mm-hmm. uh, just a different location. It's great. Anyway, enough about that. In Edmonton, <laughs> but I like in Edmonton. <laughs> uh, you know, Woodwork is definitely a favorite of mine. I think that they have one of the best cocktail forward concepts in Alberta, if not in like central Canada. And the food is quite good too. It definitely is a cocktails first food second kind of place, but I think the food that they make is delicious. So I definitely go there. I feel like everyone's expecting me to say Duchess. So I'll say Duchess. (laughs) It's hard, but it truly is beautiful. And we still don't really have anything like it in Calgary. So it's always a treat to go there. And I'm very much looking forward to the brunch place Mm -hmm. as well. Range Road is delicious. And yeah, those would probably be my from what I've dined around lately. What what I really enjoy. Good. And you, do you, how do you how do you feel about Twilo's picks? They're good. Are they they're, old? Are they still good ones? I think there's other places that you could be exposed to, which I will happily take you around to when you're in town. But you're right, Avec Bistro still is amazing, and you know, Model Milk is definitely a fail safe, much like a Range Road would be mm-hmm. here. Um, yeah. So we always end off every podcast with something I call the popcorn round. So okay. it's basically little rapid-fire questions and hopefully rapid-fire answers, although sometimes it devolves into a long conversation and <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Ready? Mm-hmm. Least favorite type of cuisine? Indian. Me too. <gasps> and not, it's not that I don't really dislike it. I just never crave it. Same. What's the biggest misconception about food writers? is that we don't know what we're talking about. But there can be examples of that in the industry. Much like chefs not knowing how to cook properly, aside good chefs. Misconception about food writers? Yeah. Uh, that we eat for free. Favorite curse word? Come on. Are you kidding me? Just pick one, Twyla. <laughs> when I burn myself in the oven, I love the F word, but I'll say shit. Oh, I'm definitely pro F word. Always. Lots. <laughs> The meal you make most often for company? I like spaghetti and meatballs. Good bolognese. Like you are saying, your husband's mm-hmm. making that tonight. That's my yeah. definitely my go-to. Yeah, it would be steak for us. What's what your kitchen? What kind of steak? Wow. <laughs> yeah, and you know what, what time? Listen, the, the reason I say that is because it's hard to get a good steak at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. I'll just put it right out there. There's not one, one place that I can think of where I would say, oh my God, I want to go for steak tonight. Let's go to... Blank. Yeah. No, can't do it. So um, the... Our favorite kind of steak to cook is Alberta raised. It's Piedmontese beef from around the Lacombe area. As for a treat, we do have a case of uh, Wagyu steaks on hand, and that's from Japan. Wagyu, not any other country-based Wagyu. Yeah, well, like everyone has a case of that in their freezer. Yeah, <laughs> Fritz for treats. <laughs> but I, I actually, I 100% agree with you. I never, I don't remember the last time I ordered a steak in a restaurant because it's so easy to do at home. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things that co- it's so expensive when you go to a restaurant. Exactly. And it's, it's so easy to accomplish yeah. at home on your yeah. own. Uh, what is your kitchen kryptonite? 
Like in terms of ingredients? Or? Yeah, what do you screw up every time? Something oh. you just can't cook. Like for me, it's rice. Oh, I can't, I, for whatever potatoes. reason. I yeah, I'm not quite rice either. I'm a fail at mashed potatoes. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah, my kids still tease me about my best mashed potatoes ever. They said it was could be used for wallpaper glue. <laughs> yeah, it was brutal. I do tend to have cream separated in my cream soups a lot. If I don't use it, I'm only using flour as a filler, so mm-hmm. it's, it doesn't bind as well. But I'm trying to think what else. Well, I can't bake, so that's probably <laughs> in general. <laughs> I get people to come over and bake at yeah. midnight. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's my trick. Invite people over for steaks. Yes. And then tell them to bring some ingredients yeah. for cookies. Yeah. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Is a hot dog a sandwich? No, a hot dog's a hot dog. It's not a sandwich. It's got, it's got, uh. The sandwich has got to be fully separated, though. Oh, so wait, you pieces. cut the bun yeah. totally in half? Now yeah. it's a sandwich? Yeah. <laughs> I'm standing by that statement. <laughs> you think? What do you think about that? I guess technically it is a sandwich, but no, I'm sticking to, no, tube steak. It's not a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> What was your first job? Oh, I love answering this question. I worked at Dairy Queen, and I loved it. I wrote a... It's funny, actually, the other week, I was going through some boxes in my apartment, and I found this old informal essay I wrote in high school about working at Dairy Queen, and it sounds shockingly similar to how I write now. (laughs) (laughs) Did you get any really nasty reviews from your time at Dairy Queen? (laughs) (laughs) Probably. (laughs) I love that job, actually. First, First job I ever got paid for was picking potato bugs off of my um, neighbor's uh, potato crop on the farm. Picking potato bugs yeah, off penny potatoes. a penny a bug. A penny a bug. A penny a bug. Wow. Dairy Queen wasn't much better. It was like $5 an hour or so. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say we're picking bugs off stuff there too. <laughs> well, you know, once in a while. <laughs> uh, the secret to a happy life is? Travel. Being authentic. That's a good place to end right there, I Being think. Being authentic when you travel. Yes. Authentic <laughs> travel. <laughs> travel authentically. Yeah. So don't go to Vegas? Yeah. <laughs> no, so go to Vegas. <laughs> All right. That's it. Sweet. Great job, you guys. Thanks for coming on the show. That was awesome. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks to Twyla Campbell and Dan Clapson for sharing their time and their insights on this episode. Check out the show notes at baconhound.com where you're going to find links to Twyla and Dan's work as well as links for their food picks in Edmonton and Calgary. As always, huge thanks to Mrs. Glass for the snappy theme music. Go check them out in the iTunes store. Until next time, remember, life's too short to eat shitty food. <laughs>